go. It's very noisy. Uh, I've got it. I've yeah. got it. We're only doing it once, so whatever is coming out is it. This is it. Uh, this probably is Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. <laughs> is it going to be Mrs. Doubtfire? It is Romeo and Juliet. Ooh. Yes. Ah, there we go. Three Gay Zennials embark on a nostalgic journey, revisiting beloved 90s movies from the past. As we press play, a question lingers. Will our memories stand strong and be trusted, or are our recollections busted? Hello, Kaya. Kaiwandu. Hello and welcome to episode two. Oh, it is episode two, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm Scott. I'm Minty. And I'm Oddie. We had some really good feedback from the Total Recall episode last week. People gave us their impressions of Total Recall, in- including some really great um, queer... Um, symbolism. Symbolism. Yeah. yeah feeling, feeling, uh, feelings of being othered and all that sort of stuff. It was yeah, really just great. like how, how relatable it could have been uh, yeah, from a queer perspective. And we probably should have picked it up on it on ourselves. Don't worry, we, we, we're on to it this we can, we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> Episode one, we'll learn from it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Scott, you've been, you jumped onto threads? Yeah, I did. I started a Trusted or Busted Threads and I've been connecting with a lot of people from around the world who also do movie podcasts. Yeah, cool. Lots yeah, of them? Yeah. Lots of them. It's amazing how many um, quite specific um, themes that people have in on their podcasts, and uh, and I've listened to a few, and I've chatted to a few different people who are doing different things, and and it's really helped helped with this one as well. Yeah, cool. Just connecting with movie lovers around the world. Exactly. If you want to follow us on Threads, you can go to Trusted or Busted. <laughs> yeah. Now on to this week's or this episode's movie. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Tell us more, Ian. So, uh, according to IMDb, it is rated 6.8 out of 10. And for Rotten Tomatoes, it's 77%. Uh, It's directed by uh, Baz Luhrmann. Les Berman. Les Berman. Mm. It's directed by Baz Luhrmann. uh, Written by William Shakespeare with an adaptation, slight changes, uh, from Craig Pierce and Baz Luhrmann himself. And it stars people like Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes, and John Leguizamo. Sure. We've been practicing. We've been practicing. <laughs> and then John I completely Legu- <laughs> forgot my uh, my rehearsal. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're going to struggle with some of the names. Please forgive us. We're just little Aussies here and we haven't really studied Shakespeare. So, we'll see how we go. <laughs> or names for that matter. <laughs> but should we jump back to what we thought of the movie before? So, our, our impressions of it before we watched it, before we get into the rest. Here it is. Clint, what are your earliest recollections of Romeo and Juliet, 1996 version? Um, I guess I really loved Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, I think I was a little bit obsessed with him at the time. I think he'd done a few series of movies. And the music, oh, love the music. The music's so good. I remember having the soundtrack before I even saw the movie. And because most of the songs were being played on Triple J, and of course, I only listened to Triple J back then. I remember, um, yeah, listening to the soundtrack, and then I went and uh, nobody wanted to see it with me. So I went on my own during school holidays and went to the Cine Cinemas in, uh, on Hay Street and watched it, um, watched it uh, by myself and was thoroughly, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't remember when I watched it, but I do remember in high school we did a film study on it so it's really interesting to see how visually Baz Luhrmann portrays this film you know it's a Shakespeare yeah. uh, classic so yeah very cool I I remember uh, the one pivotal line in it 
a plague on both your houses. Yeah, so good. So um, dramatic. Yeah, but the, the fact that it's just uh, the modern take on it was just very, very interesting and very powerful. So there you go. Uh, now that you've watched the movie, Clint, tell us, what did you think? Um, so I guess for me, really nothing new because I've watched this movie pretty much every year. Um, you I do always, a lot. Yeah. There's a <laughs> few on, movies. It's, it's have, on the list. It's a short list, but there are a few movies that I do really love and watch over and over again. And mm. this happens to be one of them. Mm, good. Um, yeah. I mean, I just love it. Everything about it. The actors, the, the modern take on um, Romeo and Juliet. Um, so clever, wasn't it? Yeah. Just love it. Yeah. And because I've, you know, studied it in uh, high school, it's I kind of have that knowledge in my head as well now. So. Yeah, I think it definitely because I I think it's one of those like William Shakespeare is one of those um, writers that everyone studies at high school, and yeah, it all just came flooding back. All of this kind of understanding the the way that he just goes into so much detail and the the descriptive nature that he uses, um, and yeah, that all came flooding back, but. It was a shock to me to think how long it's been since I've seen it. I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I have seen it. But it like the the love for that movie just came flooding back and it was just so much um, nostalgia. And I didn't realize that the whole movie was word for word William Shakespeare. I didn't know. I thought it was just a screen adaptation, but yeah. I mean, so, it is. So, in your memory, you didn't remember that they were speaking in Shakespearean language. No. Your, from your memory, they were just like speaking like we always, always do. How, yeah. how interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it again. I I didn't realise how um, how camp it was, how yeah. over the top it was. And having, um, I haven't watched Romeo and Juliet that many times, but I have watched... Um, I have watched Moulin Rouge many times mm. and there were lots of things about this movie, um, like the little sound effects of um, when they were doing up the uh, costume and things like that, that were uh, reused in Moulin Rouge. And uh, yeah, so it, it was just quite um, over the top. There was uses of like sped up footage and um, big loud noises and quiet moments and and that contrast was really um i guess it was its characteristic of basil and style but i'd forgotten how much of that was in it yeah and for our listeners who may or may not know um there are three movies that basil has directed that are regarded as the red curtain um trilogy um, trilogy yeah um so there's strictly ballroom um there's Romeo and Juliet, and then we have Moulin Rouge. Mm. Strictly Boring was was an Australian one from from the early days, and if you haven't seen that, another one I highly recommend you go back and see, yeah. especially if you like um, other other movies of his. Watching this movie <clears throat> again this time, and in the context of our podcast, you know, got me thinking about kind of the queer themes that run through it, and I suppose you know when I think back to Minty in. You know, 1996, I was 12 years old. Um, I was living and had grown up in Papua New Guinea where it's um, uh, illegal to be homosexual. It's illegal to uh, congregate and discuss anything about the LGBTQIA plus community, um, whether you're part of the community or not. Um, so there isn't any of that. There wasn't any of that awareness out there. The first time I ever saw Mercutio you know, come out of that car 
in that gender-bending, you know, cross-dressing um, appearance. It was just magical for me um, to to see someone come out wearing, like, to see a, a male wearing female clothing, looking fabulous, mm-hmm. not really caring about gender or anything, but also the friends that were there and how they, you know, they were, they were like amazed and just kind of like laughing and celebrating it. And then they just carried on because that's just their friend and, you know, they didn't really make a big deal about it. And as kind of that scene, I suppose, progressed, it's not really kind of played into or there's no negative around it. It's just fabulous. And then you have this whole drug-infused hmm. music scene. Yeah. Where Mercutio's character, like the costume, I don't know if you like noticed, but it got bigger. Yeah, and, the wig and got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And yeah, so for me, like as as a young kid that was questioning his sexual um, orientation, gender identity, um, this was just so amazing for me. Yeah, it was really cool. I reckon it was probably one of the first times I saw something like that. I was um, sixteen. When, I, when this came out, and I had previously seen um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, so, I reckon this was just ticked a couple more boxes for me, for sure. Yeah. I'm so amazed and impressed at it. This was 1996. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so progressive in terms of queerness, in terms of uh, people of colour or just um, multicultural cast. There was so much in it and it was so far, so long ago. And it, it's kind of sad that we're still having those issues when back then this was such an incredible movie. Mm. They managed to put it in there without making it an issue as well. No. I, think that was, I think that's kind of the point. They were, they, they were all so accepting. They were all so um, embracing of their friends, like you said. Um, and just, it just wasn't an issue. It just, it just was, and and that was so nice. Yeah. So my question: Did was Mercutio in when William Shakespeare wrote it? Was he portrayed as queer or or I, anything like that? I can't answer that. Do you know the answer to that? Yeah, I don't know. Like I've I've never. I think the times that I've seen it um, in plays played mm. kind of. S- straight laced, I suppose. Yeah, there there wasn't any queerness involved. Um, yeah. but I then that that might have been because there were no queer people like involved in the production of the play. So. I guess during Shakespeare's time, all the actors were supposed to have been played by by men, right? Mm. And they were men playing yeah. women's roles anyway. So there, were, yeah. so there was there was aspects of queerness in that way. Um, but I, they probably wouldn't have considered it. Um, no, and I time. mean. <laughs> And those, Shake- like, those identities, those labels weren't around back then. Yeah, so. yeah. But William Shakespeare is known for writing stories about being progressive and that queer aspect of things. Like, um, I can't remember which one it is. Is it Def- Taming of the Shrew? I think it's Taming of the Maybe. Shrew. Definitely not. Definitely don't know enough about Shakespeare. To oh, that one. I should have done this research. Ah. <laughs> That'll teach me. Um, but yeah, if you're listening and you you know, come and correct me. But yeah, I think it's Taming the of the Shrew. But um, yeah, she, she dresses as a man uh, and becomes the Duke's advisor or whatever, falls in love with him. And then the brother ends up showing up, washes ashore and appears and it's just this like comedy of errors and um, it's not called comedy of errors, even though that's another William Shakespeare sh- um, play. <laughs> um, cool. All right. Shall we unpack the movie? 
Yeah. Sure, let's sure. Get into it. So the main thing that I found, like I said before, was just the the campness um, in the beginning. So right from the beginning, it mm. was, everything was in your face. It was super loud. It was um, a lot of action, and um, there was the gunfight scene in the pe- at the petrol station, and all of that stuff um, really sets up the two main um, sides. Um, the Montagues and the Capulets. The Montagues and the Capulets. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what I noticed is that. Um, the the direction, the director choices and the filming choices really uh, amps up the ridiculousness <laughs> of the war between the two yeah, you're right. um, families. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this humorous kind of, th- there's one that's more kind of goofy and a little bit, you know, lower class and then the upper class one, but they're both... Just such ridiculous families having this ridiculous war yeah. in a city. And you can see when the prince um, gets frustrated and tries to, like, control everything. But then it just gets to a point where it's just over the top. Mm. Um, mm. I think that's highlighted really well. And really, um, even today, the whole story highlights how damaging ridiculous petty wars mm. can have on even your loved ones. Yeah. yeah. Collateral like, damage. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. that that was the, the big message for me throughout the whole movie and the consequence at the end, which is highlighted in the beginning. Mm. Really, really powerful. From, from all the um, craziness and fastness, it then um, goes to Leonardo DiCaprio as Romeo, where it's very quiet and he's kind of... A, a, a teen, a moody teenager, um, and he's um, thinking about the the unrequited love with Rosalind, mm. and that's kind of what where where we meet him. So he's already kind of moody and and looking a little sad. What what did you think about Romeo, played by Leonardo DiCaprio? Mm. <laughs> did you think he was cute? Oh yeah, he's so adorable. I I found him. Uh, I never really liked him. Oh, I don't no. know. I loved oh. him. He's, he's adorable. Yeah. yeah. In he's Romeo and Juliet, in The Beach, in Oh, I like the him Titanic. in The Beach. Uh-huh. Didn't like yeah. him in Titanic. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, there's this innocence about him. He's very innocent. It's very cute. He's cute. Okay. All right. Sorry. Fair. You lost that vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree that he's cute. I just Okay. Sure. I not, think it just Not for me. It, it helps you I don't know. He sells the character. Like, he does. He does. Yeah. He's perfect for the role. He is perfect for the role. And I can see why. I, he'd been in a few things before this, I think, but this probably really made him super famous and made him like a kind of it boy of the time. Mm. Mm. I mean, that and Titanic, but... T- yeah. Uh, Titanic came first. Oh, did Titanic? No, no I don't no, think no, he did. I no, think Titanic sorry. was after this. Didn't. No, I, I even yeah. looked at this like 10 minutes ago. He was no, in What's wasn't. Eating Gilbert Grape before yes, this. Yes, um, which Stop, you're stealing really, all my stuff later. Really young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not we this again. <laughs> we do this again. That's all right. I'll, I'll recap later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, we meet Romeo. I don't remember because I get lost with all the com- like the William Shakespeare talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was trying to... Like, listen, I had subtitles on and I was like reading through it and I was like, oh, I really like the way that he describes blah, blah, blah. But then I kind of lose what they're actually talking about. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like, it's well, it is a different language altogether. Completely. Trying to translate and keep up. Yeah. But basically, they're 
you, you, you learn who Romeo is. Does Juliet come in before the party? You do because you yeah, have yeah, the because, nurse because looking she's, for her. She's in the in oh, the bathtub. The nurse. That's yes, right. That's right. And she's the mother's getting ready. Yeah. Submerged. So she's kind in of her Cleopatra. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. The mother's shouting out for that's her. That's right. That's right. Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's, that was the nurse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Oh, the nurse was incredible. Yeah, she's she hilarious. Was so fun. She was so fun. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. She, so I just want to jump on the nurse because the nurse. Uh, Miriam Margolis, yep. is that her name? Yep. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was like Margoyles. Margoyles. Margolis. <laughs> Miriam Margolis. Um, Margolis. She just, without being too expressive, like, you know how we talked about in Total Recall, how they were quite obvious with their kind of like side eye? <laughs> Miriam Margolis just is so, she's so expressive without being expressive. Yeah. It was yeah. very good. Very, very good. Very funny. So, yeah, they're running around looking for Juliet and she's shoved her head in a bathtub yeah, just to kind of shut out the, the outside world, yeah. world. I mean, as as you, you know, come to see how crazy the Capulet family is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think about her being a 13-year-old? That's what I wanted to get to. No. Yeah, because... I had read, before we went into this again, I, I did a bit of an overview and I was like, oh my God, she's supposed to be 13. Mm. Mm. How old's Romeo meant to be? Good question. Same age? I think they're similar Roughly, age. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't think we would make this today as a, not today today, but I mean, obviously they didn't really go on about her being 13 and I guess you could say she was 16. Yeah. yeah. I think they would have pitched it as... They're like of age. Of age. Yeah. 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 yeah but basically we, we meet them both in different ways. And then, yeah, you, Mercutio in his incomplete glory. Fabulous regalia. <laughs> Fabulous. Gets them invites to the ball. Uh, and they meet each other. What I found really funny was that there's this. Uh, see-through fish tank in between the... It's very beautiful. It's Visually very beautiful. Stunning. It's my favourite scene. But, it- like, it's <laughs> it's the see-through between the two bathrooms. Yeah, it goes into the men's bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure they just see them w- washing their hands and not actually, you know. Yeah. yeah. But just the innocence and the um, overcoming anything else. Well, at that point, they don't realise who each other are, but... Mm. They're just, they're just an instant, instant attraction. attraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. And that innocence and that sweetness about it. And they chase each other around. And um, and can I also say that the soundtrack for this oh, movie good point. is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. And in that particular scene, um, the song by Desiree, mm. Kissing You. Mm. That's going to be my wedding song oh. that I'm going to walk down the aisle in because <laughs> I've always loved that song. I've always loved Desiree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, such like. The perfect song for that scene. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I didn't understand or I didn't see the... Because he's he's the son of Montague mm. running around a Capulet house when they're warring families. I didn't I didn't see the risk in it. Or, like he oh. was, so, they were just openly there. I didn't understand if there was meant to be... Because then Tybalt sees him and gets furious that he's stepped into this party. So, I wasn't sure if if there should have been... Well, it was meant to be a masquerade ball. So, they did have... Yeah. Yeah. But he was so... But why did they go to the 
go to the ball. We'll go to a, the party. party of all parties, I guess. Yeah. So wait, wait for the plot twist. Okay. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, I thought it was really sweet that um, Mr. Capulet, <laughs> Daddy Capulet, Daddy Capulet uh, was just. He was like, let him stay, back off, yeah, leave yeah. him alone. Yeah. And well, I thought that was I, really nice. Mm, I, I think it wasn't about... He, I don't think he was being nice to um, Romeo. Mm. I think it was, in my house, you're mm. not going to cause a scene. Yeah. yeah. He didn't want a break, broken fish tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, like, so... Leave it be. There's a time and a place. But again, so like just that... Uh, that just holding a grudge overcame any other common sense. Yeah. And he held on to it. It's, it's just so it's sad like, how- yeah, You just hate him just because of his surname? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I, th- I think I, f- I got the impression based on the conversation that there was history there rather than it being just about what we saw. So, there was history to- oh, Between the families? Between Romeo and Tybalt. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Or between Tybalt and the the other um, other Montague boys, anyway. Yeah, all of them for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just that 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 change when they find out who each other are. Yeah. And that exchange, and then the fact that they don't care either. Like it's a shock at first. They're like, "What?" Well, we and also then- met we also met um, Dave Paris at that point, who was oh, yeah. um, who was baby Julia. Paul Rudd. He was cute, such oh, my. a cutie. Yeah, and and um, so interesting that they called him Dave Paris. It made him a little bit more human, I guess. Um, but also, he was promised to Juliet, and Juliet was meeting him at the first time uh, for the first time. Then as well, oh, bachelor- was that the first meet? Yeah, that was. He was oh. bachelor of the year, and the whole point was that um, Juliet's mum was trying to get um, get. Um, to get them together mm. in the hope that they would uh, make it be a match. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, everything was all happening at once at this party. Yeah, mm-hmm. very busy party. Quite the party. Well, there's oh, the whole- no, it's there's the the balcony. we've got the balcony scene, oh, yeah. which doesn't yeah. end up being the balcony scene. It ends up being a swimming pool scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. The Rome- iconic. Yeah. Iconic scene. Romeo escaped from his buddies as they were leaving the party and hid in the- uh, in- you know, snuck back into the house and then was there was a Romeo, Romeo, mm. that Romeo, all of the things that you see in all the cartoons and all the pop culture. But it's just so comical the way they did it as yeah, well. Yeah, it was, it and, was. And that imagery he was- that he, when he's like talking about, come on, please uh, rise like the sun, <laughs> basically saying, come out of your window. Yeah. But just like describing it as, you know. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was really fun. Pure really, poetry. Yeah, but visually, visually so stunning as well with the swimming pool and also the craziness of I'd forgotten that when he was, um, when Romeo was walking in to go and speak to Juliet, he was knocking things over and he was sort of falling all over the place. It was really kind of ridiculous as well. Mm. Um, and again, that's that kind of campness that Baz Luhrmann brings to a, a movie. Yeah, and they fell in love. They fell in love. And uh, promises were made about um, getting married the next day. I think that happened there. And there was... That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, if you want to commit to me because I love you after 10 hours of... Or five hours of... (laughs) Yeah, I know. Only having just met you. Yeah. (laughs) They wanted to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't do that unless you're married. Of course. You know, there you go. That whole interaction... (laughs) He sends, he, he deals with the nurse and she's like, 
you'd be good to her. Yeah. And then send, he, he's like, yep, meet me. We'll get married at the church. And then it's uh, the the priest that we meet. Yeah. With Peter Postlethwaite. Yeah, yeah. In his greenhouse. Father making Lawrence poisons. is his name. Yeah. He was quite cool. Quite quite um, nice, actually. I liked him. Yeah. He, he He's just, the, the actor is just amazing as well and just holds his own. Brought such a lot of warmth to the character, I think. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Before Romeo talks to the nurse, he convinces the priest to marry them. And the priest thinks that it's a great idea because it's going to bring the two houses together and stop this warring feud. Yeah, I can see how that could be a, a motivation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so, I think he has every good intention of doing it. We get to see the church scene with all the lights and with the choir boys singing. And uh, and as Romeo is um, talking, to, um, talking to Father Lawrence... Father Lawrence is going from you don't even realize that he's a priest in the beginning and he's he's putting on his priestly outfit um, as he's yeah. walking towards the church and and um. right so what happens from there like I think the the next major bit is when Mercutio dies I reckon yes and yes oh my god that's a plague on both your houses yeah that's that again <sighs> that's the thing I said in the the um, my memories from last time that was the the part, but I don't understand why he's cursing a plague on both their houses. Because he's dying. Yeah. He's like, know. because of your silly As feud, I've damage. been the one that's uh, had to. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that he was friends with both families because he was the entertainment at the at uh, the party. Yeah, okay. So I, I, so I, I, even though he seemed to be closer to the Montague boys, mm. I'm kind of thinking that he's kind of somewhere in the middle, a mediator between them yeah. both. Well, yeah. and he was the one that was invited to the party. He yeah. was invited. That's yeah. right. He was invited to the party, and so he brought his Montague buddies along. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that was really sad. And the weather changed. <laughs> that was, I hadn't noticed that before. Hadn't you? As he was, as he got he curses it. Yeah, and, as he got stabbed in the glass and he was yeah, dying. Yeah. The, all the weather changes and it gets super dramatic again. That's that's really that was very very cool. I mean, that's how it happens, isn't it? But it's that it's weather that changes. It was that <laughs> floodgate, and that was that catalyst when Mercutio dies and Romeo just sees red, and then yeah, goes and kills Tybalt. Which was also very dramatic. Extremely dramatic. <laughs> wow. Um, and it wasn't till he'd killed Tybalt that Romeo quite realised what he'd done, I think. No. And, and, and what, what that meant for um, his recent marriage. Yeah. So, he freaked out a bit. Yeah. And it was blind rage. Yeah. About his, his buddy Mercutio. Yeah. Look where it got him. Exactly. And violence is never the answer. So, he got banished and uh, had one... Amazing night with Rome, uh, with Juliet, which oh. I thought was a risky game. <laughs> well, he was married. He had to consummate the marriage or it wouldn't have been... I know, but he fell asleep. I know. That was pretty... <laughs> well, Cutting it really close. Really close. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The sex scene of sorts was just so sweet. It was very sweet. It was a romance. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was very pretty. Yeah. And I just, yeah, melts my heart. I'm mm. just like, oh, cuties. Mm. But then we jump from there. He gets banished. He's banished and he's living in a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he then, misses the letter. And then the priest has this great idea. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be the best idea for you both. Yeah. We're going to pretend she's dead. Yeah, exactly. But we better go and like rely on a postal service yeah, yeah, I know. to send a letter. It was 1996. If only they had email by then. <laughs> if, only. if only. If only. Yeah. 
Or, right. a, or a phone. I or just they, oh, a phone. They did send have phones, someone they? to hand it to him. Yeah. yeah or or tell him the message. Yeah. yeah. Someone that knew what he looked like. <laughs> well, he didn't. And it didn't. And they didn't. No. And so, poor old Juliet, poor young Juliet, decided to um, give it a go. She took the, took the potion when she went to bed that night. Mm-hmm. And she was found... Dead the next morning. And it was working perfectly to plan. Yes. Except for Romeo not getting the message. Except for Romeo. And then when Romeo came in and saw that Juliet was uh, in the vault. Vault? I think they call it a vault. Um, at crypt. Crypt? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is a yeah. crypt. No, the I think you're right. I think it might be a crypt. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyway, she was there looking dead. Um, yep. Somehow somebody had lit all of those candles. Yeah. <laughs> Did that occur to you? I'm like, surely somebody's around because they'd lit all those candles. And uh, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about thinking all of that Thinking about stuff. it too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and she was laying there in, in, you know, surrounded by all those beautiful flowers and candles. Uh, and he went up there and laid beside her and went, when he realised that she was dead, took the poison. and the That was a tense most, scene. I know. And the most tense part was when she started to stir and move just as he was sort of realising. I'm like, just look down. Just look down. She's awake. And he what took was, it anyway. What was so great was the fact that we knew what was going to happen. We knew. I know. And we were still, uh, I was still going, come on, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talk about a long, drawn-out death scene as oh well. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> really. I mean, have it you up. ever seen any live plays of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very funny. At least it was entertaining in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then after he took the poison, she woke up and she actually looked at him and they and they kissed. Yeah, there was an awareness that this is what was going to happen. So, mm. and then of course he died. <sighs> Still broke my heart. She shot herself. Still sad, and it was tense and. Even though you, like I said, you know what's going to happen, it's still tense. It was still mm. good, and that's that's the amazing way that it was put together. And also the the kind of overall theme of you know what a waste these feuds are, what a waste these um, family issues and and warring mafias are, um, all the innocent people that get in the way. All right, so Scott. Over to you. So, I'm going to talk about the changes between the original play and the 1996 movie. Um, I did find these... I found a few different places online about them, but the main one that, that I got these from was from an article on Screen, Screen Rant called Romeo and Juliet, 20 Differences Between the Play and the Movie. I've just picked out some of the more interesting ones here. So, the first one that's really, that's, um really stands out, the original play was a, a war between two families, whereas... This movie was actually between um, two rival businesses, and and they were kind of like a mafia, two mafia businesses. So they were mm. they were like family businesses still, but they were much bigger than just families. And um, particularly in a modern context, thinking about what um, could engulf a whole city, two big um, warring mafia families are, are much more um, suitable for that sort of thing. Um, I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What else? Um, the next, <laughs> the next one is that um, the famous balcony scene, which you see in we we touched on this a little bit before, but in um, in all of the versions of in pop culture, you see um, 
Romeo and Juliet on the balcony, uh, and that whole scene happens um, where they're separated. Whereas in this in this version, the actual um, part happened in the swimming pool. So it started on a balcony, but then they actually were able to connect and kiss and have a whole lot more intim- intimate interactions that they don't normally have in the play. Mm. Another one. So um, in the original version of Romeo and Juliet, Romeo goes to the to the Capulet crypt to find Juliet. However, when he gets there, Paris is there grieving the loss of Juliet and Romeo kills him during the fight. Did you remember that from the original play when you studied it at school? Uh, I studied the movie. Oh, this, you studied this the movie. movie. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I have seen the play done, yeah. but I don't recall no, that. I hadn't, I hadn't remembered it either. But yeah, apparently um, in the original play, Romeo actually kills Paris during that time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the main um, thing that... The main reason... Um, Apparently, that Shakespeare put that in was just to show how many other innocent lives were also caught up in yeah, this. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And another change to Paris, of course, was this, that they changed his name to Dave Paris to make him sound a little more, bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, the main thing that makes the movie much more dramatic than the play is the fact that Ro- that Juliet does wake up um, and she sees Romeo and they kiss before Romeo dies in the original play. Um, that doesn't happen. Mm. Uh, she doesn't wake up at all. She's dead when she, when um, or she's sorry, she's asleep when um, Romeo arrives. Romeo gets there, he kills himself, and then she wakes up, and then she sees that he's dead, and then she kills herself. So in this case, we get a whole lot more tension um, where they kiss and and um, and kind of have that realization in their eyes before it's all over. It just makes it that little bit more tragic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was my part. Very cool. Can I tell you about the where are now? Where are, where are they now? Sure. So many. When I was watching the movie, I didn't realize, and I, I'm I'm sure that they weren't all big name actors in 1996, but there are so many that have gone on to do other standout stuff, mm. which is probably why it was such a good a mm. good movie. Yeah. So we've obviously got Leonardo DiCaprio, who. Do you know how old he was at the time of Romeo and Juliet? Oh, how old was he? He was 22. Oh, he was older than I thought. Yeah. Claire Danes, do you know how old she was? 18? 17. Oh, she was 17. Yeah, she was a baby. Yep. Um, So, they went on to do a whole lot of other stuff. But like we said earlier, or like you said, uh, really probably one of his only notable things before this, uh, Leo was in What's What's Eating Gilded Grape. Grape? Yep. Yep. But he's gone on to do other things like... Uh, oh, he was also in Total Eclipse. Sorry. But then Titanic, Man in the Iron Mask, The Beach, Gangs of New York, Catch Me If You Can, uh, Wolf I on love Wall Street. Wolves of Wall Street. That's yeah. one of my favourites of his. Yeah. Um, the Inception, Great oh, The Great, Great Gatsby. Gatsby. Uh, he was in Django Unchained. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, heaps, heaps of stuff. Yeah. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... Won't date any woman over 25. I was about to say. As soon as they get 25. What what movie is that? No, that's life. (laughs) He's taking after Romeo. Yeah. He's still going after Uh (laughs) 17-year-olds. But Claire Danes, I think her biggest thing uh, that I can think of, or at least that I've noticed her in, was Homeland. Yeah, she was great in that. So, she was in Homeland. um, The TV series. The Mm. TV series. She was also in Le Miserable. But yeah, so they're they're the the ones that uh, the two main character main actors are from, but there's so many other big names in the in the show. Did you see um, was it Mrs. Mrs. Montague 
is oh. uh, oh, let me find her name. Sorry, I have it in front of me, but I just uh, Christine Pickles, mm. Caroline Montague. So she is Judy Geller, um, Ross and Rachel. Sorry, Ross, Ross and Monica Geller's <laughs> mum in Friends. Is she? Yep. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm not as big a friends file as you are, oh, so thanks yeah, that's for that. my thing. <laughs> but Paul Rudd went on to yeah, he's now Ant Man, but he was in Anchorman, whole whole heap of other things. Didn't he pop him in Friends at one point as well? He did. He yes. was he was Mike. Oh, from, there you uh, go. See? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Her- 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 Harold Perrineau, uh, who played Monte uh, Mercutio, Mercutio. Uh, he went on to be in Lost. He was also mm. in, he's now in From the new yep. TV show on Stan. Yep. One of my uh, favorites, and then you've got the guy who played Balthazar, Jesse Bradford. He, do you recognize him from anywhere? <laughs> uh, swim fan. Oh, really? So, swim oh, fan yeah, is a, it's yeah. kind of a terrible movie, but it's, he looks so hot in it. So he yes. was also in Bring It On. He yeah. was the yeah. love interest in Bring it, it on. on. He was too. the uh, Missy's twin. <laughs> yep. Um, so Miriam Margolis uh, is quite a famous and popular. Um, Professor Potts actor, yes. Oh, no, oh Professor Sprout, from Harry Potter. Sorry. Harry Professor Potter. Sprout. Um, one thing that I found really interesting was that the guy who plays Father Lawrence, Pete Postlethwaite, mm. hasn't done anything. He hasn't acted in anything since 2011. Oh, is he dead? Oh, um, <laughs> that's what it is. His name, 1946 to 2011. I'm sorry, he died in 2011. <laughs> that would explain, that would explain it. why. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do any AI versions of him back after that. I wonder what he died from. Uh, and then Brian Dennehy also <laughs> died in 2020. So oh, oh. hasn't done anything since 2020 either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That would be why. <laughs> anyway, so the last one I wanted to note is uh, John Leguizamo, mm-hmm. who went on to play uh, in Moulin Rouge. So, yeah. Baz Luhrmann's other thing. thing. <laughs> um, oh, but Harold Perrineau also was in The Matrix. Yes. Uh, so, Reloaded and Revolutions. Yeah. Uh, and uh, John Leguizamo has been in Wick. Uh, sorry, John Wick. Uh, and also played the voice of Sid in Ice Age. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Sid. Um, so, yeah. Lots there you of, go. Lots of people pop up. Yeah. Mm, cool. So, are you both ready for the plot twist? Yes. Oh, yeah. I want to yeah, know what yeah, you yeah, got yeah, yeah. up your sleeve. Yeah. So, the obvious twist that, you know, if you were to think of a plot twist, you'd probably think, well, you know, maybe Romeo was actually aware of Juliet's plan to fake her death and just wait for her to awaken but that's boring so that's not the plot <laughs> who twist. wants a happy ever a happy ever after ending come I mean, on we all want happy endings <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah but i think a far more interesting twist would be if juliet wasn't actually interested in romeo oh. um and that uh she was a true capulet and the whole entire thing was actually just a setup With her father's blessing to conspire to frame Romeo for her supposed death to then flee and elope with her betrothed Dave Paris. Ah, that's a good twist. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the chance encounter, the night of the Capulet party, was not by chance at all. Hmm. They they specifically invited Mercutio because they knew Mercutio would bring the Montague boys. Yeah. Set them up. 
Nice. Oh, that's a really and good twist. Oh, what that's else? That's all mine. I came up with that. <laughs> that's I brilliant. Like that. I love yeah. it. I love it. I want some fan fiction, please. I want it written in <laughs> Shakespeare style. <laughs> you can get ChatGPT to help you with that if you need to. <laughs> that would just put a whole new spin on that the whole would, thing. Wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I can see how I can see how it would be quite cool to actually do a remake like with that type of like with a proper twist ending yeah. that people wouldn't expect. That it's would like really it's like you know when they did Maleficent for Sleeping Beauty and it's like mm. actually Juliet's the bad person. Yeah. Can you imagine if she like woke up like play that out at the end? She woke up as as he's taking the yeah. poison and she he's dying and she's just laughing and she's in his like, face. <laughs> oh, you foolish boy! Oh yeah! yeah. Wow. <laughs> you thought you loved me. You thought I loved you all along. Oh, vicious! Yeah. I like it. Good. I oh, like that was it. a good one. Well done. That Very was really cool. great. Thank you. So to just tie this out, I just want to put, um, or I just want to explore how this compares to like queerness. Sure. So, forbidden love is very much a um, a forbidden love. Like, it, it, you know, it's que- a queer love story, is a story. Yeah, especially when, um, especially in in youth, when people haven't come out yet, where they need to, where people are, need to feel like they need to hide their relationships, or they mm. need to sort of sneak around, and um, and they're meeting people for the first time, or going out for the first time, and they're not telling their families particularly where they're going. Mm. Um, definitely mm. something I can relate to, or even even just the. Uh, knowing it's wrong, or knowing or that feeling it's that w- it's wrong, wrong to yeah. the rest of the world, everyone else, yeah. but in your heart, knowing it's right. Oh yeah, and just nothing can stand in your way. Yep, and it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's but a then, really good one. Then there's that scene where Juliet gets told that she's going to be marrying Paris, mm. and her parents, her mum disowns her, mm. and is like, "I've done everything I can. This, I'm done." And then the father's like, you are going to do this whether you like it or not. Yeah. Just- it's, a, it's basically a business. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but- that, the family violence um, that happens there as a result of her wanting to follow her heart rather than do what the, what, what the family are telling her to do. And then the message right at the end when the rest of the world is telling you it's wrong and the impact that has on your mental health mm. and the result of just forcing something that just shouldn't be Mm. and just let things just be the way they are Mm. and the result of that. Mm. If they only accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that um, that is relatable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm. there you go. Good. So, let's rate it. So, trusted or busted, Clint? Definitely trusted. I mean, I I watch it (laughs) almost every year. So, <laughs> I am also going to say absolutely trusted. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I, in my perspective, it's trusted. It's uh, progressive for its time, but also it's still relevant. Still relevant. Uh, I like the multicultural cast. I like the the queer aspects that aren't over the top or insulting. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just love the way the whole story was told. Mm. So, definitely trusted. And, um, yeah, the way that Baz um, cut those scenes together and did the montages and all that kind of stuff, like, you don't really see movies even today doing mm. s- things like that. So, no. for th- for its time, it was really amazing, but it's still an amazing watch today. Highly recommended for everyone to watch it now. Definitely. Yeah. 
All right, it's time to pick the next movie. We've got the R2-D2 bucket ready to go. And I'm doing it this time. It's it my turn. It is Oddie's turn. Mm, you can hear it. So it's many movies to pick from. No, what are it's we going to be watching? Oh, this one. Mrs. Oh, what is it? Fight Club. Fight Club. Yes. Change of pace. Yeah. First memories of Fight Club. The plot twist in that just blew my mind. Yeah, such a clever plot. plot True, true. Really good plot twist. Just I was, I had to go back and rewatch the movie. Like, yeah. How? What? How the hell? What? Uh. Yeah. Because you do, don't you? Once, once you find out what's what's happened, it's sort of like Sixth Sense. It is. Where you have to go back and you start watching it from a whole different perspective. Yeah. Um. One of my memories, as soon as I think of Fight Club, is. Ikea. <laughs> you know, he's going into the house and there's all the little things he sees everything as Ikea, like an Ikea catalogue. Do you remember that? Oh, no. Oh, I no. loved that. I loved that because oh. I think at the time I was just moving out of home and I was buying stuff for the house and looking at the Ikea catalogue all the time. Oh. So, I could kind of relate to the, the oh, Ikea okay. guy. When you watch it again this yeah. time, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm such an Ikea like- well, you are now. Fan now. Half my furniture <laughs> in this house is you'll Ikea. See, you'll see the Ikea yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What about you, Ian? Um, the, the one scene that sticks in my mind is when he's beating himself up in the street. He's oh. having he's having the fight, but you like you go back when and you, you realize, realize it's yeah. on his own, and and just yeah, that that's the one thing that sticks in my that's mind, right. yeah. and the, and of course the rules of Fight Club is that you don't talk about Fight Club. Don't, right. That's that's big part of pop, pop culture now. I think as well, absolutely. All right, so that's what we're going to be watching this week. And but hang on, nobody's sorry. mentioned um, the fact that Brad Pitt is shirtless. Oh. Is that oh, not fucking a- hot? That's a memory. Yeah, yeah, it's a given though. I, I thought <laughs> either one of you would have brought that up, but. Okay, Brad Pitt, oh. hot, shirtless. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't watched it, watch it just for that. I'm so happy to be watching this one again. What a great excuse to go back and watch an awesome I movie. think I've only seen it once. So oh, you have? Yeah, yeah I've seen and it it's been a times. long time. Trusted or Busted was recorded on Wajak Nunga Buja. Trusted or Busted, like and subscribe on all the ways that you can listen to podcasts. Follow us on the socials, including threads, at Trusted or Busted, or find us online at QueerPerth.com. Catch you later. Bye. Total Recall episode last week. Uh, we got some really great feedback. I already just said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did we get some really great feedback? We did get some really good feedback. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>